What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. G'day again, solar friends, uh, and welcome back to another episode of Great Solar Business. This week, we explore more secrets of how to build a great solar business and discuss the topic using data to streamline your business. Now, this might not, might not sound like an exciting topic, and certainly when I was in school, I remember my maths teacher trying to get me excited about data and algebra, and it didn't go so well. Luckily, after leaving school over the years, I started to find exciting and incredible real-world applications for maths and statistics. As a fitter and turner, it revealed unexplainable variation. As a motorcycle racer, I learned how to build strong engines and tune them for changing weather conditions, again, all using numbers. When I got into solar business almost 30 years ago, I quickly learned that data was the key to settling warranty disputes, troubleshooting solar systems, or understanding why your sales are down when the market is up. Data can reveal incredible rich stories. So to talk about this, I reached out to my old friend Warwick Johnston from SunWiz to dive into the world of ones and zeros and how they can help your solar business grow. Was welcome to solar business. Hey, Nigel, you constantly surprise me uh, in everything that you do and have done along the, uh, the many years of your life. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know data could be used for so many things myself. So how about that? <laughs> it was a wake-up call. I, I saw no use for it in high school, which I love to explain to my boys now that they're struggling with maths in high school and just explain to them that the light will go on. Hmm. So, mate, um, to get started, uh, give us a, give us a history for those those of you who don't know was or, or, or his nickname is the Warwick the the Warwickle. Um, Warwick and I have known each other for many many years. Worked together in a lot of different capacities, usually around forecasting and data and numbers. But was what's your story? How did you end up where you are, and where did you come from? Uh, look, I was. We're doing some pretty impressive stuff with telecommunications hardware um, back just uh, two years out of uh, graduating from university, telecommunications engineering degree, and just frustrated with, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, but just a bit faster this time and just didn't have the meaning in that job for me. And uh, it was at that time I just went off on a soul searching uh, mission with the kind of idea that I wanted to get into solar power. And at that time, that was back in 2004, the only country you could go and do that in was Germany. So I decided to uh, head off to, to Germany and have a little bit of a, some travels along the way, um, determined to get into the solar industry. Much to the consternation of my father, who said, you really should get some experience uh, in, in Australia first. And uh, I was uh, just basically head off with enthusiasm, naive optimism, and <laughs> and, and the determination to, pr determination to prove my father wrong. Um, <laughs> 
I guess 12 months later, um, he ended up being right. I came home with my tail between the legs and uh, and started trying to network my way into the solar industry. And was really fortunate enough to be taken under the wing by Stephen Ingrell of Going Solar, a company that at that point, 2005, already had 30 years in the solar industry. Fast forward a few years and I've got some um, experience in uh, both consulting and doing some award-winning projects um, under my belt. Uh, and I decided that I wanted to move to Byron Bay and live the, the dream lifestyle, um, which was great, except that I quickly found that there wasn't many jobs going around in, in solar that didn't involve working for, how should we say, not so great solar businesses. <laughs> and it was at that point where I was kind of like, oh, look, I've just, you know, the, the, the wave was starting to build with solar. And I was thinking there are so many people out there scratching their heads, wanting to get into this, not knowing what to do and how to do it well. I've got, I think, three or four years experience at that time. Uh, I can I can help. So I started Sun with, with an eye to helping solar businesses succeed. That started off as consultancy and advisory, but because what used to be happening in the industry used to be so opaque, you didn't know what was happening with data or anything like that, we quickly figured out, oh, we can provide a service there. And that's what we're best known for. But um, we also built uh, PV cell software, and that was used by over a thousand solar businesses. And so for a long time, we were focused really on providing the tools that smart solar businesses could use to grow their success, but basically leaving it up to them. And recently it's dawned upon us that most businesses know what they should be doing. It's just they don't have the time, money, expertise or resources to implement it in their business. So we've decided to integrate everything we do, the, the data, the software, and the consulting and provide a complete solution to the complaints most solar businesses have fully implemented and tailored to businesses. And that's something I'm pretty excited about. So forgive me if I go a bit off topic and not just talk about data. <laughs> that's all right. And I've, 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 I've watched that journey, participated in a little bit of that journey over the years. Good on you, uh, Warwick. And, and, you're exactly right. There was there was a gaping hole, um, which you've done a great job of of, of plugging um, uh, to provide those services, and um, uh, good on you for doing that. So, to to kick off this conversation, mate, let me ask you this: for the average solar business, uh, and I know you you talk to lots of different businesses, large and small. Uh, for the average business, what are the three most important indicators that you think they need to understand? Nigel, as I said, essentially the profitability of any business boils down to three things. The margin you add, your conversion rate on your proposals, and then how much gets swallowed up in your operations. And it's those three factors that determine how much profit's left over for you and also how much you've got remaining to then reinvest into business growth. And there's a lot behind this, you know, simple model of, you know, it's just three factors. And I've actually gone into the detail in an education platform I've recently built that identifies all the ways that profits, profit leaks from solar businesses. But, you know, if I wanted to summarize it along each step of the way, there's profit leaking from your business and it could be due to low quality leads, inadequate differentiation, poor sales techniques, and mistakes and fulfillment it's i'm struggling to get it down to three things right um <laughs> but the the important thing to understand i guess is that you don't have to be a low margin business to convert well 
Yep. And you don't need to spend hours every week trying to find the best, sorry, the lowest price product when you've slashed your overheads by automating your business processes. You do that and you've got a massive advantage. And you do I that love once it. and you don't have to invest that time in finding the lowest price product. Um, you do it and invest in other smart bits of your business. But the key is differentiating your proposal, getting upskilled on sales and, and automating your customer engagement. Those are those three things uh, directly addressing those three factors. And then concentrating your efforts on the stuff that's performing best for you. Right, right. And 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 that's fascinating to hear you describe describe it all like that because over the years I know there are a number of different sets of data that you can provide and a number of different tools that you do and a number of different reports that you can provide. But when you describe it like that, what I can see is they're, they're plugging into that story, right? They're helping you build that story about, you know, am I converting? Why are my conversions low? For example, am I, am I targeting the wrong area? Am I hitting the wrong demographic? Uh, There can be all sorts of um, clues in, in the data behind that that can lead you to that operational efficiency right exactly and the question is just how do you extract that data and analyze it and let's face it most businesses are focused very keenly on their operations they call business and it's hard almost to like go and uh, I even find this in, in my own business to take my attention off the stuff I, I know how to control and do well and um, and look up and go and force myself to look at my, my financials and my cash flow forecast, et cetera, because it's just not where my you know, my greatest passion lies, if you like. <laughs> so, so tell me then, and lots of, lots of conversations. It's an interesting thing that just keeps coming up over and over again. Lots of previous guests have talked about, this drive for operational efficiency and um you of course you can use data to help uh solar businesses save that time and money give us a couple of examples of how you've seen this in action well look i mentioned concentrating on the stuff that's performing best for you and um and i mentioned software as well uh, when Open Solar came along, we were hugely impressed by this platform, and it's recently just gone through an, a major overhaul as well. Um, worth looking at again. But what we saw as potential in is actually revealing to solar businesses where they're performing well and where they can concentrate on to improve their performance. Mm-hmm. So part of our Sunbiz Accelerate package is an advisory service where we actually analyse your Open Solar account data and identify your best and worst performing people, places, mm-hmm. products, sources, and segments. Mm-hmm. And when we've been doing this for clients, uh, and we often find that um, businesses are leading with products that are underperforming, that usually have about mm-hmm. half the conversion rate uh, of their second or third most often proposed products. So if they switch their attention to those um, better performing products, just think where their business would be. and. Th- usually without realizing that this is happening. And, you know, it sounds like obvious when you frame it like that, but because so many businesses are so busy, they don't look up and realize that they're stuck on a treadmill running on the spot, right? Yep. And the same goes for the postcodes they're targeting. Um, you know, it can just be a matter of tweaking, you know, where, you, where you're sending your efforts and your salespeople in marketing and you get much greater reward um, for your efforts. Same for the salespeople, uh, their lead sources, et cetera. 
what we've seen when we reveal this to businesses, uh, and there's a couple of testimonials that are listed on our website, um, they start playing to their strengths and moving yep. beyond their weaknesses. And the improvements are extraordinary. But the key to unlocking this is A, having the right software, and B, having an expert analyst, one that understands solar businesses, take your data and present it in a way that you understand. And even then, brings your attention to it and points out the golden nuggets for you to take advantage of. I love the golden nuggets. I love the golden nuggets. When I was when I was working in consulting, I was terrified at the beginning that I was going to go into solar businesses and try and help them and I wouldn't find anything. But I tell you, every single time I did it, there was a nugget there. Every time. There was always something. In fact, I used some of your data to just this morning to reveal some secrets and this is the lesson that i learned way back when i was uh when i was 18 is that if you know how to use ones and zeros and data and statistics you can you can reveal amazing statistics and one of the things that i've been um we've been hypothesizing i've had a theory uh particularly over the last 18 months or so um that um, during lockdowns, some businesses uh, would have more cash flow, obviously, to be able to survive and they might be able to continue their advertising. And that would probably help them um, sustain and grow um, over and above, for example, medium or small size businesses. And we were really wondering about this. And it was a classic example. Where we went, well, hang on, we need to answer this question because what we need to do is we need to understand, is it the very large businesses, the large medium or the medium or the small businesses that are most affected. And we can tailor our service uh, to help them. And so I actually spent a, a delightful hour and a half this morning mm -hmm. uh, trawling through your data and cutting it up and splicing it in different ways to try and tease out these trends. And uh, sure enough, there are a couple of lovely little secrets there that revealed to us what the market was doing. And that market information gives us a story and something to go work on. Now, having said that, the other thing that I've uh, that I have to be really careful of, especially as an old dog, is uh, you know using numbers to uh, to prove that I'm right or to uh, you know um, uh, uh, to bring out my own to confirm my own biases. And you have mm. to be really, really careful about that. Mark Twain once said, "There's lies, damn lies, and statistics." And what this really means is you have to be careful and you have to be accurate and you have to have to really be unbiased when you use data. What's a common example of this that you see? Because it's something that I have to really work hard on, Warwick. I, I often look at numbers and think, oh, yeah, they see there's a trend there. And I go, well, actually, if I'm honest with myself, if I'm not just trying to prove myself right or something like that, and I look at this, there's no, there's no real meaningful trend. What, what's that story around bias, and 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 is that the story about, you know, and it sounds like a plug for you, but having someone who can understand those numbers. Let me just uh, talk to what you just said about those businesses that you find that are growing, etc. We did an analysis with which. It, demonstrates exactly what you're saying we can find businesses that have grown significantly uh, grown their market share in a downturning market that were set up for acceleration as uh, conditions returned to normal and returned to growth and there's 
plenty of examples of businesses that, um, you know, for whatever reason, do well during the debt downturn, um, that set themselves up for astronomical growth. But of course, I can cherry pick those out and find, you know, overlook all the companies that, for for whatever reason, tried and failed during that period as well. So mm-hmm. you, you do have mm-hmm. to be careful. But let me um, abstract it at another level and say, actually, the most common mistake about using data is actually not using it in some way. It's so common to get confused by it and go get overwhelmed by it um, and uh, avoid it ultimately. And I get it, like data can be overwhelming because there's so much of it and it's hard to know what you need to pay attention to and what's Mm. just noise. Mm. And you're right, look, that is where an expert data analyst comes in. But that's kind of like where like an athlete has a coach that Mm -hmm. measures their performance and then provides pointers about how to improve it as an external observer. But data is only one part of the picture and data is really good for uh, evaluation and course correction and strategic Mm -hmm. outlook, but it's really just a reflection of your business. And let's face it, no amount of data analysis analysis is gonna change how well your proposal differentiates your business, automates Mm -hmm. your proposal, your process. Data is not gonna provide an outstanding customer experience or get you more ratings, reviews and referrals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Data can steer you in the right direction like a rudder, but it's not an engine that provides propulsion. And it's certainly not one when you've got leaks, leaks out of your bucket, leaks out of your boat. That's why Sunwiz has actually moved beyond just providing market um, data and business analytics. We're now providing that holistic solution that are the engine that provides the propulsion. And uh, I'm getting excited again. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Ones and zeros. So oh, cool. mate, oh, it is, but it's, it's beyond that. It's, like we're, it's powerful because we're also providing that ex- expert business analytics combined with the market data and coaching. I love it. You're feeding oh. the engine. That's The ones and zeros are just fuel, right, for the for the engine, which is all the software and all the support and all the expertise. Exactly not. I like it. I like it. I, um, of course, now I work for for solar analytics since I'm surrounded by data and we've got data scientists and we've got, uh, we're swimming in ones and zeros. In fact, we've got more ones and zeros than we know what to do with. So our challenge really is, as you said before, you know, picking uh, the right data to focus your attention on and making sure that um, we don't analyze just for the sake of analyzing. Um, how much can you save, for example, by, you know, in our case, shifting loads or changing a retailer with Plan Optimizer? But sometimes, you know, we use your data as well. And, um, you know, there are all sorts of different ways that you can pull data in to drive that engine. I love that analysis that you gave of it being a, being a rudder. That's such a good that's such a good engine uh, or a good analogy uh, for the best way to use data. There's lots more we can talk about, but let's take a breather right now and hear a message from our sponsors. SolarJuice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy, their inverters, SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. 
Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with solaranalytics.com.au. All right, uh, and thanks to our sponsors, Solar Juice. Uh, couldn't do it without you, uh, boys, and the team behind you. Uh, let's shift gears now, was on the run to the finish line, uh, and think about the future. So the goal here is always to try and not only, you know, talk about what we can do today, but to also think about in the next year or two, you know, what's what's coming down the track, what's changing, and and what can businesses prepare for? How do you see data and statistics expanding into solar businesses in the future? And, and, and what are the new applications that are going to help to streamline and strengthen those operations? Well, look, Nigel, like I said before, I think it's less about the size of your data and more about what you do with it. I'd... <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. <laughs> it's a really nerdy T-shirt, and on the back you can have there are the ten ways. There are ten types of people: um, those that understand binary, and those that don't. But um, now we're getting really nerdy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd love to see the day where you can scan an electricity bill and AI will tell you what this customer, not only the best size system for them, but actually tells you what they're most likely to buy and at what price and how to sell oh, them wow. to them. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? Um, but before we get there, there's just so much room for improvement in businesses that um, – that isn't necessarily even about data. It's the stuff that people have been saying for so long. And I'd say actually the trend that some people in your um, Great Solar Business podcast have talked about is the the trend I see for this coming uh, 12 months. And that's of uh, automating your, your business operations. It's, and that's where you're using computer software, not just in the data sense, but in um, integrating platforms to avoid double entry, to avoid mistakes. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's all these other fringe benefits like, you know, less having to train new staff and less staff turnover because people aren't doing boring jobs and a whole heap of things there and actually setting yourself up with a business that's saleable um, rather than a business that, you know, the processes are in somebody's head um, that are using manila folders that are invisible and, you know, the mistakes are happening, et cetera. So um, that's that's what we're being you know, excited about, um, providing those businesses, um, that those, particularly on the open solar platform. So those are the, um, it's not quite the AI scan and, um, and automatic cell, um, but it's about taking all these um, tools that people have been using, um, disparate tools, and bring them together to really uh, unleash their power. Mm, mm. I can't help bringing everything back to electric motorcycles somehow. And, mm. and <laughs> But my experience of going from a six-year-old electric motorcycle to a current model electric motorcycle is kind of like that, where everything everything that's going on is just... It just works better together. The architecture is more sophisticated, and and those signals coming from every part of the bike are working more seamlessly. They're working faster. They're working smoother. There there's less interruption to them. The troubleshooting's easier. It's that same thing, right? Where it's that 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 integration, that successful integration, and yeah, I like that. I like that story that you told because I think it is. It's so much about um, 
small iterative steps of this new stuff coming in, right? Small, just in, just integrating more smoothly together all the time. We're, we're seeing that in our business every day. Let's switch focus for a moment to end users, to solar consumers. How do you see data weaving its way more into consumer applications and how can it help them? Um, look, there's there's two things that a really clever business has done recently uh, uh, that I wish I'd done, and you know, there was was my idea, and they stole actually. Well, the point they actually just did it rather than sitting on my shelf. Those two things are helping people size their battery based off their um, solar production and energy consumption data. Oh, uh, a company who can do that. Yeah, the the second thing, and they might narrow down the number of companies that that can I'm talking about, um, is uh, Bill Optimizer, right? <laughs> it's like this this is the ultimate use of data as I see. It's actually like, and where I see its power, and what the message I'd love to get out the solar industry out there is that users of um, the solar analytics product can be going uh, to their customers and not having a conversation about price necessarily it's a conversation of well if you go with me and you know practically only me out of you know the, probably the, the three other people you might talk to um i can get you an extra you know 800 bucks of of savings each year um that you can't get anywhere else and you know even if i even if you wait for five days before you go ahead and you know the price has gone up because panel prices are going etc you know you're still going to be ahead with me um, there's just less price pressure, I guess, is what I'm saying there. Um, that's where I see consumer data. And I, I know I'm talking up your business rather than, than mine. Yeah, great, mine, but great you, plug, mate. <laughs> but you've, you've gone out and done um, yeah, and smart cookies in your business. You've gone out and done something, which was something which you know I had as uh, one of my um, wild dream to-dos at one point. Um, you know, hats off to you. Oh, good on you. Good on you. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's amazing how simple it seems and yet how hard it is. And <laughs> we were we were looking at a couple of bills today, actually, and going, why is it doing that? And, and the geniuses are off unraveling why the results are. And I, I had my own experience where I noticed the other day that uh, uh, it's now recommended a new retailer for me. And I went, oh, it's changed the recommendation. It's gone to this other one. Why has it done that? And when I looked at it, I went, hang on, this must be wrong. It's recommending... A retailer with uh, with only with the lowest feed-in tariff in the market, um, and I thought, good grief, I've I'm, I'm covered a horrible bug. Um, mm -hmm. And so I quickly went to the product team, said, oh, there must be something wrong, blah blah blah. And they said, no, I'd have a look at your self-consumption. How much of your energy do you self-consume? And I went, oh, all of it, every single drop. I've got a battery, I've got a hot water diverter, I've got an electric vehicle. I got no excess and I've got a small solar system because I'm in a rental. I've got no excess. And they said, exactly, you idiot. There's no excess. So the so the feed-in tariff does not matter to you. We've calculated that. We've worked it out. We found a deal that's the best, excluding the value of feed-in tariffs because you don't need that. And so we've driven you to another program. Now, that's totally counterintuitive for the average punter. But if you're so, this is an example um, of uh, even the things that I'm learning at this ripe old age. All right, last question to wrap it up, and thanks for the plug. Um, what's your most controversial prediction, uh, Warwick? Um, and you, it can be on any topic around the solar industry here, of course. Um, but what's your and you and I have had 
many a conversation over a, a macchiato under a poinciana tree in Mullumbimby about what the crystal ball was telling us and, 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 you know, the various influences and where we thought the market was going to go. And sometimes we were pretty right, sometimes not so right. But what's the crystal ball telling you now? Where do you think businesses need to be focusing their attention in the next year or two? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do remember fondly those uh, those days of uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen with the market and, you know, being proud of getting it less wrong than anybody else. Um, look, if I had to make a bold uh, decision and, you know, if you ask for a controversial one, I'll say that the market's going to contract. Uh-huh. And I'm not talking necessarily in terms of volume, though that may be part of what it does. But we may have hit peak revenue in terms of solar deployment. So if you think that um, installations this year are a little bit up or total capacity deployed a little bit up than last year, but um, probably not having the kick that they did at the end of uh, last year, perhaps, but prices are down significantly in 12 months. Mm-hmm. And again, that's you know, some dynamics around that. But we're certainly not seeing the uh, you know, 20 to 30% compound growth it's actually 30 plus percent for, you for the last five years. That has come off the heat, if you like. And what that means to me is it's, you know, it's easier to have an inefficient business uh, still grow when the market's growing. It's harder to run that. It's kind of inefficiencies become very apparent when the market is steady or contracting. Mm-hmm. And so businesses have got to get efficient with their operations. And part of that, yes, is um, in terms of automating their business back end to reduce the overheads. But part of it's about being really, really effective in every opportunity that comes along, converting them, converting them at a high, healthy margin that's sustainable and using that uh, high margin that you've got to deliver excellent customer um, experience that you then milk to get uh, referrals and ratings and reviews. Mm. It's time if you're going to mm, grow through this period, outgrow the industry to the point where batteries, when they eventually fall in price, you're well positioned to really get good at those two. I like it. I like it. That's a good controversial prediction. One of the best ones we've had for ages, mate, because I know you and I, we were right on many things, but the one thing that we were wrong on, so wrong, was the penetration cap where we thought we kept predicting growth rates in markets and going, oh, you know, the market just can't absorb that. We will be trying to sell to climate skeptics and, you know, uh, we, we we have to wind back the growth projections because we just can't see it getting there. And lo and behold, we've still had this growth and, and it still continues even into this, even in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter that we've got a pandemic. Slowed things here and there, but generally speaking, you know, we're going to land at the end of this year 
probably uh, as as big or as or bigger even than last year. And so, but you you think that's going to come off the boil more because it's going to get harder to sell? Is that what you're saying? Look, uh, and if I look back to what we um we should have said all along, Nigel, when we were forecasting is um not so much of you know how many how many solar households can there'd be at one kilowatt or 1.5 kilowatts. And it turns out there's, you know, we've got 3 million um, solar installations as of uh, the day we're recording. That's pretty exciting. Um, more the point, it was like, okay, what can six grand buy me? And that's been pretty much the constant over the years. <laughs> um, and uh, when that six grand buys you a battery, then it'll be healthy. But the thing is that in order to get that six grand, businesses have had to do more and more hard work mm -hmm. to get that money, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what's going to happen in terms of contract or what would drive contraction is essentially that combination. I mean, a, we've got for currently, uh, hopefully a short period of time, some um, changes in uh, increases in pricing and question marks over um, product availability. That's going to mm. you know, be turbulence. Mm. Um, but, but that'll um, pass. That'll pass. pass. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side of that, um, until the next uh, coal fire plant gets shut down by rooftop solar and other renewables uh, out there, uh, daytime electricity prices are going to be low. And that means mm. feeding tariffs are going to be low. Mm. And so for all the businesses that don't have an electric vehicle, so all the customers that don't have an electric vehicle and um, don't manage themselves as, as sensibly as you and your family does, there's going to be significant exports uh, at a lower rate. And then you've got, of course, considerations around um, dynamic export limits and mm. um, complexity coming in, yeah, sun, sun tax and all that sort of thing. We've yep. we've certainly moved away from, geez, uh, electricity prices are just going up and up and up and up. And so, for those reasons, that's the kind of rational market model. You tend to see that um, installation should come off the heat. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think that it's uh, we've moved away from you know this rapidly growing market, and um, at best can kind of hope for a, a steady market. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm hope I'm proved wrong, but <laughs> but um, I still think that there's great opportunities that exist right now. It's just that um, you have to be smarter in order to succeed now that the market isn't just um, you know, growing just like all those people who get very excited about the, the growth in the housing market price if you've got a house, but you haven't really done anything for that growth. You've just been sitting on a lucky investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, I shouldn't simplify running a solar business that much because I know it's hard to just keep things operating and the, the wheels turning. But uh, I guess I'm just pointing, painting that picture of, um, you know, in a growing market, it's easier to continue um, running um, fast on the spot. But um, when when there's some friction to, to run up against, it's it's not so easy anymore. I like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a great way to finish the show, mate. And I, I, uh, I know exactly what you mean. There are times uh, in, the, in, the, in the various different stages of this market where you literally just had to put a bucket out to catch leads. And uh, those days are gone. I think that's, uh, that's perhaps the point that you're making there and that, you know, it is going to be more complex, more tricky, more that differentiation stuff and uh, is going to become so critical. And, of course, all the things you talked about, streamlining your business, understanding what your business is doing is also incredibly valuable. Who knew 
ones and zeros could be so interesting. It's been, was uh, an absolute pleasure having you on the show, but sadly we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, absolute pleasure, Nigel. And thanks for yeah, the major contribution you make to uh, our industry. Really appreciate it. Oh, I oh, just hang around. Um, friends, that's a wrap. My name's Nigel Morris. I'm head of business development at Solar Alex, and I just hang around the solar industry. I hope you picked up some tips on how to build a great solar business, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. Get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights with Solar Analytics. 